got a call this afternoon and said that uh, he wasn't feeling well and asked if uh, I could uh, present tonight. And I thought, well, that's not bad. At least I got a few hours warning. I remember one morning, one time Pastor Saunders called me on a Sunday morning and said, listen, I can't go today. Can you go? It was eight o'clock and uh, I had a bus route to run a Sunday school class to teach and a, now a message to preach. So I appreciated the heads up uh, this afternoon. And uh, just a couple of announcements real quick, like just to remind about next Sunday, uh, Pastor John Ashley will be with us. Uh, he uh, leads and directs the In Spite of Ministry, and uh, he's going to be sharing a little bit of, of that. But also he's going to, on May 1st, be doing an In Spite of Conference out in, at Emmanuel Baptist Church there in Corona. And I'd like to encourage you to sign up for that. Also, men's and women's softball, there are some sign-up sheets out there. And uh, at this point in time, it doesn't look like we will have softball teams because we can't play with so few that we have. But if you are interested in that at all, uh, please sign up for that if you're healthy enough. All right. We don't have ambulances out there during the game. So uh, make sure that uh, you can handle the grueling uh, time there. And then also there's our sign up sheets. Appreciate the, those that came out yesterday and helped out. But there are some sign up sheets uh, for the lawn care. And we got some uh, a new mower as well. So we've got three mowers going full tilt. And if you can help out with that, that'd be a wonderful thing. Turn, if you would, please, to Genesis chapter 25. Genesis chapter 25, and we are going to be looking at uh, the future. We're going to be looking at the future. Again, the title of the message tonight is Don't Sacrifice Your Future for the Present. We're going to be looking and learning from the life of uh, Esau tonight. Jeremiah 29, verse number 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a, and a future. And hey, realize that... Uh, God has a great plan for us, but if we're not following his lead and his will for our lives, we're not going to fulfill that either. Uh, Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. It's just a matter of us keeping our eyes on, on the prize, which is Jesus Christ, staying motivated and moving in his direction. Yeah, there's a lot of distractions, a lot of things to lure us off the path uh, that God has for us. But we have to be mindful that this world is not our home. We're just passing through. Our treasures are laid up, as Pastor said here just a week or so ago, beyond the blue. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Why do we sacrifice our future for the present? Because we're not trusting the Lord. We're focused on the present, the circumstances, the conditions, the anxieties, the worries, the frustrations of the day. But trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to your own understandings in all thy ways. Uh, 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 in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths. First uh, Peter 1, 3 and 4 says, Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us unto a lively hope by the resurrection. In other words, he has a great plan for you. It doesn't matter what stage of life you're at, whether you're young, a young child, a teenager, a young adult, middle age, or senior adult. It doesn't matter. God still has a plan and purpose for you. That's why we're still here. That's why we still have breath within our body, that whether therefore we eat or drink or whatsoever we do, we do all to the glory of God. Pastor hit a little bit on that this morning. But blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his abundant mercy, hath begotten us unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. The treasures aren't here. I mean, God's given us some great treasures here, things to enjoy, blessings that he's bestowed upon us time and time and time again. 
We had the opportunity tonight uh, to go around the room and just say, hey, how has God blessed you throughout your life? And you're a senior adult and you could go on and on for for days talking about the blessings of God. Have there been trials and challenges along the way? Sure, no doubt. But even down to the youngest child, there's opportunities that God has blessed them and privileged them with as well. And so tonight we want to look here. First of all, uh, uh, let's read our scripture here. I begin reading in verse number 24 of Genesis chapter 25. It says, and when her days were to, uh, were to be delivered, uh, were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red uh, all over like hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out and uh, took his took uh, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel. And his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was threescore years old when she bare them. Uh, and the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man uh, of the field, and Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison, but Rebekah loved Jacob. And Jacob sawed pottage, and Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said unto Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I'm at the point to die. What, what profit shall this birthright do me? And Jacob said, Swear unto me this day. And he swore unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau uh, bread and pottage and lentils, and he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Father, again, we're thankful and grateful for the opportunity to the occasion that brings us this evening. Lord, though we came to church with the thought and the intent of learning more about you and about the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ, yet, Lord, uh, you've seen fit to change those circumstances, the purpose of our meeting tonight. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't be disappointed about that, but Lord, obviously you have something in store for each and every one of us. I so much enjoyed going over this lesson, this uh, message uh, this evening, and Lord, I ask and pray that you'd use it in my life to to not get my eyes on the present and the circumstances of the day, but, Lord, to keep my eyes upon you, fixed upon you, and moving your direction for your glory and your honor. Bless now in this time, it proved to be profitable, your glory and your honor. Be with our pastor. Pray that you bring healing to his body, restore him whole. We thank you so much for he and for his family. Bless now our time together in your precious name. Amen. The future. The future is intriguing, thrilling, mysterious, mind-boggling, exciting, ambitious. At least that's what it ought to be. I know as a young person, that's what it was for me. Yeah, there's a lot of uncertainties out there, but yet when you think of the future as a young person, it is exciting because it, it presents a lot of opportunities. But with those opportunities, we also see you know, the, the future of the cars that there, there will be, future of homes, future of careers, uh, future of travel, uh, future of vacations. You know, maybe someday we'll be traveling to Mars. Who knows? But... Uh, but also we have to keep in mind the family. There's the future of the family. The Jetsons, they were always about, you know, I don't know if the young children even know who the Jetsons were. But when I was growing up as a kid, that was a pretty popular cartoon. And it seemed so unreal, but yet so uh, uh, so interesting and intriguing because of the things that they had. And the think they could fly, had flying cars and, and all those types of things. But dreams, you think of the future, you think of uh, dreams. You think of aspirations, desire, hopes, passions, wishes, and ambitions. And those are the things that motivate us. Our dreams ought to motivate us. What is it, you know, oftentimes I ask, especially graduating seniors, they say, what's your plans for the future? 
And oftentimes they'll say, well, I'm planning to go to the university or go to vocation or go to the military, blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, that's wonderful. I said, what do you think God has for you in the future? And oftentimes, uh, sad to say, they haven't considered that. They've made their plans. I hope their plans are with God's intent as far as in mind. Uh, and, and same thing with as RU students come in. I've talked to several of our RU students uh, that are in their 30s. You know, they're, they're just doing nothing with their life. They have no drive, no motivation. I said, what, what do you see for your life? What's your plans? What's your future? Uh, I don't know. Well, what do you mean you don't know? You got to have some idea of what you'd like to see. What do you think God has for you? Uh, I don't know. Well, that hey, there's the first step. You need, you need to start again uh, searching uh, God's will, God's leading for your life because God has a, a plan and desire. And, and try to emphasize that all the time. When I was a youth pastor, trying to emphasize the teens. Hey, God has a plan for you. Your plan may be different than God's plan for me. Chances are it probably is. You know, not all young people go into full-time Christian ministry, but we ought to all be full-time Christians. God may call some of you into full-time Christian service and be willing to go and be yielded and be used of God because it's a, a fascinating future. Not that there aren't problems and trials and, and pressing issues that come. That's just part of being a human being. But we see that God has great plans for us. So, so the future is ahead. But don't sacrifice your future for the present. We'll see from the life of, of uh, Esau tonight. You notice from your lesson there tonight, we, we kind of define, we see from our text here that, that Esau had been out hunting. He came back from his hunt. Uh, I'm assuming it probably was a successful hunt because he, he was a, a cunning hunter, the Bible describes him as. But yet he didn't have time to prepare anything to, for his, uh, his uh, starvation, as he called it. And he says he's about uh, to die, and so he asked for that food. Jacob uh, convinced him to sell his birthright. And we have a, a, uh, an explanation of what a birthright is. We see, first of all, it's a, a special and sacred blessing typically bestowed upon the eldest son of the family at the death of the father. For instance, in my family, if my, my dad were to die, I'm the eldest of the, the boys in our family, so nat naturally that birth with right would come to me, and that's how it was in the, in the Jewish traditions. No longer, you know, here as far as in American customs and culture, that typically isn't how it works. Uh, quite often, the eldest or the most responsible, not necessarily the eldest, kind of uh, uh, is the executor of the wills and different things like that. But at this particular time, a special blessing, actually a double blessing, a double portion was given to that that eldest son that was to take over the leadership of that responsibility, the birthright transferred the responsibility of headship and leadership of the family over to the son receiving it. That all included the property, possessions, uh, positions, privileges, and prestige. In other words, his brothers and his mother and uh, other family members were to acknowledge him just as they acknowledged the father. And so in this instance, uh, as Esau would have become uh, the recipient of that birthright, then he would have taken over the headship when Isaac passed off the headship of that family. As far as its decision making, as far as uh, dealing with any of the divisions that might come up and arise within the family. As far as the distribution of, of properties and possessions at other times. In Jewish culture, customs and heritage, the birthright was the most desired and sacred blessing and gift of a of, of, of family that a son could receive. Typically, it went to the oldest son of the family. So. Knowing what we know now about the significance and the privilege accrued to the son receiving the birthright, why do you think that Esau was so careless and quick to give up the most desired privileged position and prestige of his family, his birthright for a bowl of stew or a bowl of soup? That was crazy because Esau was only looking at the present. 
he was, you know, he he may have not known that Jacob was serious about the matter. That's why Jacob said, hey, swear to me that you're going to give me that birthright. And he just flippantly threw it out there, said, yeah, just give me it. I'll give it to you. You give it to me now. It's sad to say there's a lot of Christians that are that way. They're giving up all the blessings of God that God has for them just so that they can have this immediate and instant gratification of life and fulfillment. And they're, and they're sacrificing so much more. God has a far greater plan for your life and for my life than many times we know and we even understand. The sad thing is that this account of Scripture has been and is being repeated over and over again in the lives of many people even today. This is because of man's overwhelming drive and desire to gratify and satisfy the immediate and temporal needs and appetites of the flesh. Hey, think about our commercials on TV. You deserve it. You need this. You got to have it. You got to try it. Hey, a lot of our commercials, that's what they're emphasizing. You deserve it. I don't deserve anything. You know, I, I, I don't deserve the, the death that this is going to cause me. I, okay. I don't deserve uh, and I'm not worthy of those things and I don't need those problems in my life. And so, uh, you know, dealing with the RU students and I tell them up front, hey, you know, as far as the smoking, I don't know. I never smoked. As far as the drinking, I don't know. I never drank. As far as the pornography, I don't know. I never participated and involved in it. As far as the gambling, I don't know. I never did in that. In the overeating, okay, we won't go there. I did. All right, I do. I do. Are you students say, you know, uh, Steve Molesky Friday night said, I mean, some of the students were sitting there going, wow, Pastor Scott, you can eat all of that? And Steve Molesky said, yeah, he's just an anaconda. Uh, he can eat anything once a day. He just fills up, fills up, fills up, and then he just sleeps on it the rest of the evening. But the reality is, is God has so much more for our lives and we sacrifice so much in so many different ways. Uh, we see that uh, it, it comes, however, at a high cost of yielding, surrendering and sacrificing the promise, the permanent and the perpetual blessing and glory of God. You see, the things that you want now, that that bowl of soup, that bowl of stew that Esau wanted, it was just a single bowl. And when it was done, it was gone. What I want you to realize is the blessings of God. He gives you one now. And he gives you one later and he gives you one later and again and again and again. The blessings of God are eternal. They never end. And so why are we sacrificing what we desire right now to feel this way, to do this particular thing and to carry on in, in the way that we do just for that moment, for that moment in time that's going to be fleeting and it's going to be gone. Keep in mind that God has earnestly prepared and longingly desires to bestow his abundant blessing and glory upon every one of his children. Are uh, you students, if there's one thing that one, one passage of scripture that they're going to know when they leave RU, it's John 10, 10. Uh, it's talking about uh, God giving us that abundant life. And, uh, you know, he wants us to have that abundant life. It doesn't mean he's going to prosper everything in our life, but he's going to bless us in areas of our life. Uh, yet all too often at an unbelievable expense, we foolishly and freely forfeit our precious rights and blessed privileges for the glorious future. And as I said, God has a great future. Like Esau, we allow ourselves to come under the influence and control of our fleshly appetites. We, in effect, are freeing, uh, freely yielding and submitting our spirit by staking our future to full surrender and sacrifice and the sacrifice, privileges, positions and prestige of the eternal blessings and glory promised to us by God. Tonight, we're going to look at Esau's life and learn uh, some important lessons. And so, first of all, we notice Esau sacrificed his future, first of all, number one, because he was blind to its value. Number one, because he was blind to its value. To him, at that moment in time, it wasn't important. The most important thing was his, his fleshly desire for food, his need for food. He was fainting. He wouldn't have died. 
you know, I, my children, when they were growing up, Dad, we're starving. Dad, I'm, I, I, I'm dying of thirst. No, you, you're not starving. You may be hungry, but you're not starving. You're not dying of thirst. You may be thirsty, but you're not dying. Yet we've all experienced that uh, uh, and maybe even said that at different points in time. But here we see Esau was blind to its value. The birthright was a special significance to the eldest son in that day. With it came letter A, special blessings. Special blessings received from the father that no other child received. You've got the scripture passage. We'll not go to there, but you can go to that at, at another time. But uh, uh, because of the uh, uh, blessings received, received, no doubt there was a special time that the father, knowing that the end of his life was coming, called that son in and met with that son. Didn't meet with any of the other children, just for that son. And gave that special blessing on that son. And we see that uh, here in the account uh, uh, later on uh, with uh, Jacob and Esau. How the hand was put under the thigh and, and, and so forth. Uh, the blessings were given to, uh, to Jacob uh, in that manner, in that way. But we see it was a special time because it was a special blessing uh, that was given to that firstborn son. But it was also a superior inheritance. That son received a double portion of anything that, 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 that was bestowed uh, there uh, as far as in the estate. It was a superior inheritance. And the Bible talks about the inheritance that we have through Jesus Christ. I read that there in 1 Peter 1.3. Blessed be the God of, uh, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us unto a lively hope by the re resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an incorruptible inheritance. Anything that you and I have here, anything that you and I will inherit. Um, my folks are up in years. My dad uh, is 86. My mom will be 84 this month. My dad will be 87 in June. Uh, and, you know, they're not rich by any means. They have two houses right now that uh, they, they have apartments in and they rent. Uh, no, they're not slumlords. They take very good care of the, the renters there and so forth. But those things are in their uh, living trust. And those things will be passed on to us unless they de decide to sell them and so forth like that. But it's, 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 it's a blessed to receive an inheritance. And uh, the privilege of that uh, it, it was passed on here. And, of course, the, the eldest son received a double portion. It was also spirit came with spiritual responsibility. It just wasn't the things they received, but the spiritual. Uh, I'm ahead of myself. You can go ahead and write that in. That's all right. Spiritual responsibilities. He was the priest of the family. In other words, he was the spiritual leader of the family and of the home. Uh, no one else. Uh, you know, that's why they revered him so highly. That's why this position was so cherished. And Esau sacrificed that role and responsibility and leadership. And we're going to find out later on probably why that happened. We see lastly, because uh, the sanctioned authority he settled the family disagreements and disputes. And uh, he more or less was the judge and jury at the same time. Two family members disputing over possession or property, whatever it might have been. Uh, they would bring the, the matter to him and he would determine and judge and rule. And that was the decision. That was it. That was final. And so we see Esau sacrifice his future because he was blind. He didn't see the, the true value of what he had. Oh, he knew about it, but he ignored it. He ignored it. You know what? We understand as believers the value that we have in Jesus Christ. We understand the blessings he wants to bestow upon us. We don't know the specifics of those blessings, but he know, we know that he wants to bless our lives. Christ said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And he wants to give us that super abundant life. But we also realize that because of his his uh, desire for the immediate, for the temporal, he sacrificed it and didn't value it as he should have. Secondly, um, 
He did uh, he's, he's, because uh, he was not only blind to the value, but in order to satisfy his appetite, in order to satisfy his appetite. Did I get that there? He was blind. Oh, maybe sacrificed his future because he was blind to its value. I didn't. Oh, there you go. That's what I was supposed to give you. There you go. You got it now. Did y'all get that written down? All right. There we go. Number two, he sacrificed his future to satisfy his appetite. He was more concerned about satisfying the simplest immediate need for hunger than he was with the greatest and most honored position as head of the family. He focused uh, in on his immediate need at the expense of all of these other things, at the expense of uh, the blessing and the inheritance, the responsibility and the authority. You know what? God has placed each and every one of us uh, in, 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 within the, uh, the homes that we're in, in positions of leadership that we have, and the jobs that we, are, we have, leadership roles within our families. And uh, we need to realize how serious those things are and how important that they are. But uh, Esau, uh, his future, uh, he was looking to satisfy his immediate appetite of his flesh. And so many times, because we are human, because we are fleshly, our flesh overwhelms our spirit. Whatever we feed the most, that's what we're going to respond to. And, uh, and that's exactly what Esau did. Obviously, I believe spiritual things weren't of particular importance to Esau. I think he went through the motions, not unlike people that come to church here at Trinity Baptist Church. Church isn't of particular importance to them. They come maybe because mom and dad come. Mom and dad maybe come because they know if they don't come, somebody's going to make a call on them and say, hey, where were you today? We missed you in church. And so it's more about show than for than for real, real service and surrender. But we see that uh, uh, Esau uh, uh, sacrificed his future in order to satisfy his appetite. You've got there in your notes, don't sacrifice your future for that which is temporary. Don't sacrifice, uh, yes, don't sacrifice your future for that which is temporary. All right. The world passeth away in the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. There you have another space there. That means limited time. That which is tem temporary for a limited time. It's only here for a short time. This thrill, you know, dealing with the, the RU students and their various addictions, those things that they're addicted to only gratify and satisfy, but for a brief moment. And then they've got to do it again. And they've got to do it again. And they've got to do it again. And the reality is, is the, the, the best high that they get off a drug is the very first time. They never reach that level of, of, of euphoria ever again. They try and they can almost get there, but they think, oh, if I do just a little bit more, I can get there again. But they never reach that. And they, they add and they increase and they increase. And eventually, uh, you know, they, they do too much and they overdose. And many of them have, 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 have died. Fortunately for us, we haven't had a lot that have died, but we've buried a few of our own students because of that. But, you know, within the local church as well, we have a, we have individuals that will live for the temporary live for their possessions. They got a good job. They can afford to buy anything. and They're carefree and careless with their funds in some respects and have little regard for the things of God. I'm not saying folks here are, well, this is the poor of the church here, but I'm sure your attitude towards your giving, not just of your finances, but of your time, of your talents, of your gifts that God has given to you. But we see here that uh, the challenge is don't sacrifice for that which is temporary, uh, a limited time, short order. We see secondly, for that which is of little value. Little of value. Don't sacrifice for that which is of little value. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, yet he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire, the Bible tells us there in 1 Corinthians 3, 15. But we see for that which is of little value or little worth. So many times we're going after things that really don't matter in life. The most important things, the things that we ought to highly value, first, first of all, a relationship with God. 
if we're married, our relationship with our spouse and keeping that on, 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 on right relationship and, 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 and communication level with our children, with our family and our children, with our parents and so forth like that. We need to value those things because those are eternal things. My wife and I oftentimes uh, just uh, are overwhelmed by how God's blessed our family and our children. Um, I look back to my mom and dad, and neither one of them grew up in Christian homes and had pretty rough upbringings, and yet both of them were saved in their teen years, came to know the Lord, and they determined, though, at one point my mom said that my dad would be the last person on earth that she would ever date, and he was, uh, but she didn't mean it that way. Uh, she didn't want to date him, but obviously God providentially brought them together. But they, when God brought them together, they determined, you know what, our home is going to be different than where we were reared and how we were reared. We're going to rear our children in a good Bible preaching, Bible teaching church. And from the time I was just in the nursery, I, I've been in church my whole life. I told our RU students, man, I, I, I you know, I was uh, I, I never got to see the Wizard of Oz until I was an adult because it was always on Sunday night uh, at six o'clock when we were in church. We couldn't stay home. We, at that time, there wasn't recording uh, availabilities to record anything so you could watch it later. And so. You know, those those were those were things that happened when I was growing up. But you know what? Those were those were things of little value and little worth. But as a young person, I was willing to sacrifice that Sunday night so I could watch The Wizard of Oz. I was willing to give that up. And so many times we're willing to give up the, 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 the unimportant things because we we make them so important in our lives. But yet they're of little value and of little worth. Uh, notice what it, uh, there. First uh, Corinthians three eleven through 14 says for other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid. Now, if a man build their foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Everything that we've done, everything that we've accumulated, everything that we've built up is one day going to be tried by fire. Is it going to be wood, hay and stubble or is it going to be gold, silver and precious stone? And we see thirdly, don't sacrifice your future, not only for the temporary, not only for the, that of little value, but. Uh, for that which you will regret, for that which you will regret. What fruit had ye, Romans 6, 21, what fruit had ye in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. It's emptiness. We can pursue after the, the wealth of this world. We can attain the wealth of this world. You know, I, I saw it today. My wife has shown me on Facebook that uh, Donald Trump, um, and, and was it Forbes? Is that what it was? Plummeted. 300 or 800 positions now, as far as his wealth is concerned. I don't think he's particularly concerned about that. He gave up billions of dollars to become the president. But, uh, you know, what, what is value? See, the world values wealth. The world values power. But, uh, but those, those things are not, are not important. And uh, we, need to, we need to keep our focus and our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ for the things that you'll regret. You don't want to live your life. Uh, that last blank there says lots of shame. Lots of shame. You know, we think of RU students, those that are dealing with addictions, those that have had troubled past and so forth. We think that there's a lot of shame, and there is. But the reality is, as we say every Friday, almost every Friday night, the most honest people are the, honest, are the people that are in this room. Because they're willing to stop and say, you know what, I got a problem. I need to deal with this problem and this issue. I don't know what your problem is. I don't know what your issue may be. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's overeating. Maybe it's just relational. Maybe it's... Uh, your job and your employer. Maybe it's finances. I don't know what uh, you, you, your passion and you're pursuing, but we're all pursuing and passionate about something. But is it of any value? Is it of any worth? We see that many times our, our past 
uh, brings regrets and be, brings shame because of the things that we pursued. We see here, thirdly, he disrespected spiritual things. He disrespected spiritual things. Notice, uh, let's begin reading verse 32. Uh, it says, And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point of to die, and what shall it profit? Uh, what, what profit shall this birthright do me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day, and he swore unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink, and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Beans are temporal, birthright is eternal. Might want to write that down next to that verse. That's what I've written in my Bible. Beans are temporal. That's what the lentils are. Something to satisfy right there for that moment. Oh, I don't doubt that he had all that he wanted. He may have eaten the whole pot. He was satisfied. He was content. But you know what? Later on, he was hungry again and he had to get more. Beans are temporal, but, but uh, birthright is eternal. And that which we have in the Lord Jesus Christ is eternal. He disrespected spiritual things because... Of shameful ignorance. Ignorance is more or less what I want to say. It's not that he didn't know. He didn't know about the birthright. He didn't know the value of it. He ignored its value is what I'm trying to say there. Uh, but he lacketh the things. Uh, but he that lacketh these things is blind, cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from the old things. Second uh, Peter uh, chapter 1. We need to realize that, hey, we need to, we need to awaken to the things that God has given to us. We need to take a fresh look at our relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ, making sure that we're in tune and we have a harmonious relationship with him and so that he can bless and use and lead and direct in our lives. He will never show you what to do until you're, uh, you're being what he wants you to be. Um, uh, faith, uh, uh, let's see, letter B there says, because of selfish immaturity, because of selfish immaturity. Notice verse 32. And Esau said, behold, I'm at the point to die. I'm about to die because of his immaturity, his, his instant gratification. Proverbs 22, verse number 3 says, A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. We know what's right. We know what's wrong. We know what we should do. We know what we shouldn't do. We know what we should watch and what we shouldn't watch. We know what we should look at and what we shouldn't look at. We know what we should read and what we shouldn't read. We know where we should go and where we shouldn't go. But many times because of our selfishness, there may be a measure of immaturity there because we haven't grown spiritually. We don't see the value of that walk in relationship with the Lord. No, we are like that simple one. They just passes on and uh, ultimately is punished. And so because of his selfish immaturity, then we see because of subtle inconsistencies, subtle inconsistencies. He said, uh, uh, I'm point of death. And what shall it profit me this birthright do me now? is insincerity towards the most blessed prize that he could he could ever possess. Something that Jacob could would have never even had the opportunity to have had, uh, had uh, Esau not uh, sold it to him. Matthew 23, 28 said, Even so, ye also outward appear righteous unto men, but uh, within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. And I believe that possibly this might have uh, represented Esau's life. He probably went along with the family sacrifices and the religious worship times that they had. But obviously the sincerity of his heart as far as towards spiritual things wasn't there. And he resigned uh, himself to give up that birthright for uh, uh, temporary satisfaction. Then letter D, because of self-conceited intent. Because of self-conceited intent, verse 34, uh, 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 Jacob gave Esau the bread and the pottage of lentils and he did eat and drink. And no doubt uh, there was great satisfaction and rose up and went his way. He was a happy camper. He was content and in, 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 with, with himself. He was satisfied with life. 
Romans 12, 3 says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt every man the measure of faith. We need to think seriously about our life and what God has in store for us. Where God is leading, what God is doing in our life. Uh, so often I say, only one life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. You know, we're all going to be called into account into eternity, and someday we'll all stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. What kind of account will we give? Our husband won't be there, our wife won't be there, our children won't be there, our best friend won't be there. We'll be standing there by ourselves, and I don't believe that we'll be standing. I believe that we'll be uh, prostrate before the Lord. I believe that we'll be just uh, down because we'll be in the presence of true holiness. At that point in time, uh, you know, give an account. Hey, what have you done for Christ that you've been saved? How have you lived your life? Have you lived it in harmony and happiness? Not that there aren't challenges and trials. Not that sometimes there aren't frustrations and fears. But you know what? You don't live according to those things. You live with the passion and the heart and the fervor for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not about me. It's about him. So we see lastly here, because he failed to consider the consequences. Because he failed to consider the consequences. Turn over to uh, Genesis 27 verses 34 uh, through 38. The Bible tells us, and he, uh, of course, he's gone out. He's, he's about to have this special meeting with Esau. And he sent Esau out to go hunting to prepare uh, Isaac's favorite meal, that of venison. And, of course, the plan between uh, Rebekah and Jacob uh, takes action and so forth. Uh, the deception there, verse 34 says, When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry and said unto his father, Bless me even also, my fa- O my father. And he said, thy brother came with subtlety and hath taken away thy blessing. And he said, is not he rightly named Jacob? For he hath supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright and behold, now he hath taken away my blessing. And he said, hast thou not reserved a blessing for me? And Isaac answered and said unto Esau, behold, I have made him thy Lord. And all that his brethren have I given to him for servants. And with corn and wine have I sustained him. And what shall I do now unto thee, my son? Esau said unto his father, Hast thou but one blessing, my father? Bless me even also, O my father. And Esau lifted up and wept. Uh, his, lifted up his voice and wept. We see now that the chickens have come home to roost. The value of what he sold some time ago had now come back. And finally it hit him. And really, uh, as far as for, for the young people that are here tonight, realize that that's exactly what happens. You can give something up right now to have what you want right now. But somewhere down the line, it's going to come back and it's going to come back to bite you and bite you in a bad way. We've all experienced it in some way because we grabbed the immediate. We had our eyes set on it. We had our heart set on it and, and we, we took it. We knew in our hearts it probably wasn't the right thing to do. We took it. We burdened ourselves with that, that payment or whatever it might have been. And on down the line, it was regretful after that. And uh, we see here that that's really what it was for Esau. And, and it wasn't just in that moment. Esau lived with this the rest of his life. From the time that he sold his birthright, he never gave it another thought. He never thought about the blessing that was going to come to him until all of a sudden it now comes down to his dad about ready to pass. And he's, he's going to pass on that blessing and that birthright. And now he's now given that to Jacob and, and everything's been given to him. The authority, the leadership, the responsibility, the possessions the, uh, and the ruling of the family. And so all of that has been given to Jacob. And now Esau realizes what he had done so many years ago. And we need to, to, to wake up to that. We see that um, seldom do people fully consider the result, the future co- uh, consequences of their decisions and action. Uh, we see here the father's blessing was given to another. 
and he discerned not, and he discerned him not because his hands were hairy as his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. We see the blessing was given to another, was given to Jacob. We see, secondly, the father's authority was given to another. Uh, Be Lord over thy brethren and let thy mother's sons bow uh, down to thee. We see, thirdly, that his future dreams were given to another. No doubt Esau probably envisioned uh, that day that would come where he would receive the birthright and the blessing and he would be the head of this, this most blessed family of all at that particular time. And yet that authority, that blessing, that dream of, uh, was given unto another. The challenge is for us to look to the bright future that's ahead when we uh, follow the principles and truths of God that he's laid out for us in his word. Joshua 1.8 says, the book, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written in, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. You've heard me say before, as a child, we used to sing the chorus, every promise in the book is mine, every chapter, every verse, every line. I tell you over and over, and I remind myself of this, it isn't if I don't know it. The promises of God are not yours if you don't know that. If you don't know the promises that he has, he's given to you, the blessings that he has for you uh, within this book, those promises, you can't claim what you don't know. And we know where to look for it. Uh, we need to value this book as, as, a, as a great treasure. But we see that we are to, to meditate and to, to mull it over, to think upon it. I'm not talking about memorizing large portions of scripture, though there's nothing wrong with that. One of my friends uh, was asked the question the other day on Facebook, do you still have the book of Proverbs memorized? And his response was, uh, you know, uh, it's not a matter of whether I have it memorized, it's a matter of whether I'm living what I've learned. And that's what it's all about. You can memorize all the scripts you want to memorize, but if you're not living what you're learning, or, or actually if you're not living it because you're not learning it, it's, as of, no, it's of no value to you. And so let's learn these lessons from the life of, of Esau here tonight. The future is ahead. The future is bright. But uh, we need to realize that uh, there's some great lessons we can learn. Don't sacrifice your future. Number one, by being blind to the precious values of your future. If you're young here tonight, you got a great you got a great future in front of you. Don't look at the circumstances of the world. They'll discourage you. They'll frustrate you. They frustrate all of us. But that's why this world isn't my home. We're just passing through. God still has a plan for you. God still has a plan for each and every one of us. So don't be blind to the precious values of your future. Uh, Don't sacrifice your future at the altar of the immediate. Don't sacrifice your future because of instant uh, fulfillment and gratification, whatever might come your way. Don't sacrifice your future by disregarding, disrespecting spiritual things. We need to be grateful and thankful. And I am every day for godly parents that saw saw fit to, to be consistent and making sure that I was under the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God as often as they could get me there. Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights. Anytime we had special meetings, we were in church. My folks, sometimes it felt like we lived at church. And uh, your kids may grow weary of that. Oh, not again. No. Do we have to go to church? No, you get to go to church. We used to tell our kids that all the time. And the reality is, is, you know, they need to understand and they will eventually learn. They'll grasp the truths and the value of that. Uh, you know, for our children, uh, my wife and I are thrilled with where God's placed our children in, and three of the four in full-time Christian ministry. Lindsay's a nurse serving the Lord full-time through their local church there. And God's doing some wonderful things in and through their lives, not because of us, but because of him. And they call off the times and talk about the things that they did that we didn't know about. We laugh about those things. You did that? We didn't know that? 
you know, there, there are always those kinds of stories with children and their parents. But the reality is, is God's preserved them from their foolishness and our ignorance in some respects, but yet uh, has now called them to, to be used in a mighty way for his glory. You know, none of them are getting wealthy and rich, and there's nothing wrong with getting wealthy and rich, but they're not pursuing the dollar. That's what I'm saying. They, they're pursuing souls, and that, that, that excites me. I was talking with Tyler today, uh, after their service today, and just to, to hear his excitement, you know, today, Dad, we had 111 in church today. Well, if you know anything about their ministry, that's amazing. That's a wonderful thing. New families are coming in. People are being saved. People are being baptized, and he's just overjoyed and thrilled with that. Are there challenges along the way? Sure, there are. This week, my wife and I will leave on Tuesday to fly out to, to Baltimore, and Ryan's getting ordained to the gospel ministry through his local church, and Eventually, he's going to be sent out to uh, either plant a church or take a church, whatever the door the Lord opens. And we're thrilled about, about that ministry. And Shannon and her uh, Christian school ministry there in Baltimore as well. Our grandchildren are being reared in a home. Lindsay, as she works her job and, and, uh, and the testimony that she bears uh, with those that she works with. And it's a wonderful thing to watch your children. It is a joy. It is a blessing. It is a thrill. But let me tell you, it takes work. It takes work, parents. Don't give up. Stay in the fight. Stay in the battle. Look at the Fergusons with what God, God's used them and, and uh, other families within our church body that, that God has blessed in, the, in so many different ways. And so, hey, don't, don't sacrifice your future by being blind to its values, by sacrificing the, on the altar of the immediate and starting spiritual things because you failed to consider the consequences for your choices. Every choice you can make. We tell our RU students all the time, you can make whatever decision you want. We're not telling you what decision to make. But realize that whatever decision you make, there is a consequence of that decision. There's either a burden or a blessing. If you choose God's way, you're going to have a blessing. If you choose your way, it's going to come back and be a, a tremendous burden to you. Don't make the foolish decision about temporary pleasure that will cost you the rest of your life. Don't live for the moment or for the satisfaction of your flesh. Rather, live triumphantly in control of the moment, thereby steadfastly securing the bright hopes and dreams for a glorious future in Jesus Christ. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. Uh, what a blessing it is to be able to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of you on your jobs, you, you are the light on your job. You are the only light in the darkness where you work. You keep, be, you keep shining that light. You keep being that testimony. You keep handing out that gospel tract. You keep being that witness. You keep being that helping hand, that encouraging partner on the job, whatever it may be. Maybe in your neighborhood and whatever the testimony is, you continue to be that light for Jesus Christ because it'll pay eternal dividends. God has some wonderful things in store for you, as well as for me, if we will but keep our future focused on him. Uh, the, the songwriter put it, uh, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of this world, our earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And so many times with the things that are happening, the glitz and the glitter and the glamour that the world is presenting and it's drawing many of our young people out into those pathways and those avenues to pursue those things. They want nice homes. They want nice cars. They want nice, nice, nice. There's nothing wrong with nice. But if, if, if God's directed you some other way, you need to go in that way. Be responsible for the call that God has on you. Because one day you and I will be called to give an account for uh, uh, the life that we've lived for the glory of God. Father, again, we're thankful and grateful for your love for us. Lord, our future is truly is bright because heaven's our home. It's an eternal home. What we have here is just so temporary. Lord, we can build the most beautiful houses. We can drive the, the most expensive and fancy cars. We can have the most prestigious position and jobs. But Lord, if we don't have you, we have nothing. 
Lord, as far as, a, our, as our parenting goes, our, our children are, are the eternal heritage that we have that we'll pass on to the next generation. Lord, if we lose our children, we're going to lose another generation. Lord, help us, uh, our parents, to, to continue to stay in the battle, to stay in the fight. The allurements of the flesh and of the devil are, are, are immense upon our young people today. Lord, help the parents to continue to be faithful, upholding uh, the banner of the Lord Jesus Christ. And highly value and esteeming him, not just at church, but also in their home. Lord, help these young people to see that their parents truly do love them and care for them, are concerned for them, are trying to direct them in the avenue of God's best for their life. Lord, I, I thank you for this church and this ministry and the impact that it's had on my family, upon my children. For each Sunday school teacher, each WANA worker, each youth worker and youth pastor that had an influence, tremendous impact and influence by my children's life. For each college professor that taught my children and yet to, to see how you've led and directed uh, their steps and their path. Knowing that some of them are doing not even close to what they had planned to do. But Lord, you changed their heart. You directed their path. And Lord, they, they realized that your way was always the best. Lord, we thank you for this ministry. Thank you for the pastor, for his family, for Pastor Bird and Pastor Toman and, and their families, for what you're doing uh, in and through their lives and their families and for this church body. Lord, it is a glorious church. Lord, and uh, we praise you and thank you for it. Lord, help us to realize the future, though in the world looking at the circumstances around us may be bleak and dim, yet the, the glories of what's ahead for the believer, the child of God, we should rejoice and be excited. Because our, our, your, your return is soon, but until that time, you give us great opportunity to be the light in a dark world. We come to thank you and praise you for it in your precious name. Amen.